Okay, we are doing a solo episode, a Ask Me Anything, which we've done before. We did this last year. I'm just going to start by saying uh, I'm always a little uncomfortable doing solo episodes, especially an Ask Me Anything episode, as I kind of have seen Andrew Huberman and Tim Ferriss and others that I really respect and hold in high regard do these episodes. I've kind of struggled with, why would anyone want to ask me anything? And what do I have to share that will really mean something? And um, that's just kind of me being a little vulnerable with you. But we we asked if you had questions and and you sent over questions. And so I'm just going to answer them and, and share with you what I can from my heart and hope that it, it means something to you and is helpful. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do with the Gravity Podcast is help and bring people together and share stories, share a human experience, which is what I think we're doing. And we forget that. We forget that sometimes this is a shared experience and that we're not alone and that there are problems and issues and challenges in life and joys and celebrations and all kinds of fun that can't be ours alone, that they have to be in connection with other people. I think that's something that we're trying to build with the gravity community in at large, that at a time where it's easy to get into our phones and to get into our virtual communities and lives, that it's still really a a basic human need, you know, like water and food and oxygen. You have to be connected to other people. And so that's all we're trying to do is to share and to connect and to learn from one another. So uh, let's hop into it. Starting with my wake up to bedtime routines. What activities or energies throughout the day keep you grounded and light you up? Let's see. So I have in the last couple of few years, and I'm really excited about the progress that I'm making and really read at the end of the year, Atomic Habits. And just as a little teaser, we're going to hopefully have James Clear on the show and hopefully do some more work with him. Thanks to the audience, by the way, I had asked if anybody knew James and was able to get connected to him and he's happy to join the show. And through his book and through his routines or through his systems, I've really been able to cement a lot of the routines that were in place for me that I had just kind of made up and This has been really transformative for me, having routines, and they do start for me when I wake up the first thing in the morning. And actually, I should say they really start the night before because I put into my reminders what I'm going to do when I wake up. And that includes things that I know that I do every day, but I have them there because it's helpful to me to check them off the list, to feel like I am being productive from the very beginning of my day. I start off by doing a combination of things that include some mind exercises, including things like Wordle, which I just have fun with, but I think it helps get my mind going. And then meditation. I routinely, every day, start my day with 
a 20-minute meditation. I have been doing transcendental meditation. You've heard me talk about it. We have a TM center at Gravity. I love it. It's so simple and easy, and it really helps me start my day with the right clearing that I feel I need. I know I need. That goes into Wim Hof breathwork, and that takes just about five minutes, but I do my Wim Hof breathwork every morning, right after my meditation. I have some uh, daily prayers that I read. I highly suggest you use some sort of reader. I have really gravitated over the years to uh, Melody Beattie. She has a couple of books I particularly like the uh, Language of Letting Go and Journey to the Heart. Um, they are two readers that I have been reading actually uh, every day for the last, uh, this is my second year doing that. I also highly recommend uh, Becoming Built to Lead, uh, Chet Scott's Daily Reader, which as you know, Chet's been on the podcast a bunch and that's another daily reader that I, that I enjoy and love. Then I go into prayer. I just briefly express gratitude for waking up and for anything else that comes to mind and and pray. And that's a pretty simple thing for me. This isn't a religious thing. It's just a connection to spirit, to the universe, to what I call God. And I find that to be very grounding and um, it feels good to express gratitude and to ask for what it is that I would like some help with or what I'm looking for in my life. And then usually at that point, I'll go downstairs and grab a cup of coffee and start to take my morning supplements. And I try to uh, get out and play tennis you know, by around eight o'clock most days of the week. That's been something that's given me a lot of pleasure, uh, a lot of joy, physical and mental health, camaraderie. There's something for me about being physically active that I have learned really energetically does a lot for me. And I, and I like doing it at the beginning of the day. That will sometimes change. And I will also uh, work out, lift weights, sometimes run, do other things at other points in the day. And that's okay. I love that too. But there's something great about, for me, playing tennis first thing in the morning. And so before I do that, I take all my supplements. I have a pretty regular routine of supplements that I take, all my morning vitamins, and then I let my coffee kick in a little bit and I sit down, put on my headphones and I journal. That really completes my morning routine. Sounds like a lot, but it takes probably about an hour at the most. And you know that usually is happening between you know 6.30 and 7.30, 7 to 8, something like that. And that is really a Monday through Friday routine for me on the weekends I will try to meditate. Um, I will try to exercise, work out, play tennis, but I'm not as committed to the readings and the journaling. I like to kind of give myself the weekends to just uh, relax a little bit and not feel quite as regimented. I'll often do it anyway, but it's it's not something that I kind of have as a deeply held must have as it is kind of Monday through Friday. Let's see. What else is there? Yeah, I think that's kind of my routine. Oh, I do. I'll just lastly say on the journaling, I have adopted the kind of stream of consciousness method. I Years ago, I read Julia Cameron's The Artist Way, and she has something 
called Morning Pages, which is really just writing whatever is coming out of your mind at the time and getting it down on paper and writing and writing and writing until you're done. And so I usually do that for about 10, 15 minutes a day, right at the beginning, drink my coffee. I like to kind of get some caffeine in me and some music and just sort of get into another version of meditation. But what's happening is it's just getting everything that's in my mind, out of my mind, onto paper. And a lot of clarity comes for me. Sometimes it's just sort of a move of energy. And sometimes it's really some good clarity comes to me about things that I want to do uh, during the day or things that I need to look at, that challenges that I'm faced with. Uh, sometimes it's really could be from any area of life. So anyway, that's it. Uh, highly recommend The Artist's Way, morning pages, or any sort of journaling practice as a way to get some clarity. All right. I think that does it on the um, wake up. Uh, now there's questions about bedtime. So what what activities or energies do you do throughout the day and into the evening that really are helpful to you finding yourself or or moving into away from over time. Yeah, like I said, you know, atomic habits, also BJ Fogg's tiny habits, you know, there's a lot to be said for really it's not just about habit building. I think that's kind of the thing that people get tripped up on. This is not about a business. This is not about creating habits even really. It's it's really I would say more about life design. How are you creating your life to be? What Things don't just happen without putting some thought and effort into it and creating disciplines around it. So I have become pretty routine, pretty disciplined about creating things that I want to create for myself. Uh, I learned through Strategic Coach, a method for time management. So I've organized my days based on uh, activities. So Tuesday, 10 to 3 is really Kaufman development work. Uh, Wednesdays are, for me, podcast days and opportunities to work on other creative expressions. And Thursdays are what I call buffer day, where it's all kinds of miscellaneous meetings, anything that didn't get done Tuesday and Wednesday, anybody that uh, I want to meet with or work that needs to be done, that all falls into Thursday. That's also in that kind of 10 to 3 period. Mondays and Friday are what I call free days. So those are days where there's a lot of self-care, there's all my modalities, I try to make uh, work on those days, chiropractor and stretching and massage and acupuncture and all that fun stuff, which I love to do. And those are also days where I've got some time to meet up with friends and to catch up with other people and to spend time with family and just have a little bit more freedom. And I kind of don't hold to that 100% of the time. You know, I shoot for 80%. There are days where I need to work on a Friday or I'm traveling or life gets in the way or we're just too busy. And so sometimes, you know, I'll cheat into those days and that's okay. That's sometimes just what's necessary. I also have a practice of gratitude in the evening. I just take five minutes and come up with whatever I'm grateful for from that day. And then I have a practice of making sure that I write down everything I want to do the next day. So it's kind of a P. Uh, in there is, I'm going to talk about this in a minute because there's a lot of questions on physical health. So I'll, I, I do try to work out at least five days a week and I 
just kind of do my own workouts. I try to play guitar every day just for five to 10 minutes. I also try to read or listen to a podcast every day. Sometimes that's 10 minutes. Sometimes it's a half hour. Sometimes it's just whenever in my car. But those are things that I think are important to continue to learn and to be entertained. I try to just listen to some music and and have some fun and not be working on anything throughout the day. Yeah, there's kind of other stuffs in there. I've got some routines around travel, disciplines around certain trips that we take every year that we stick to and are non-negotiable. There's um, other things around family, making sure that that continues to be a priority. But yeah, those are all kind of my routines from beginning to end. And you know what I hope you take away from that really is find the things that you enjoy doing that actually really make a difference for you. Oh, I forgot my uh, my sauna and my cold plunger are two that make a big difference for me. So if you have access to either of those, I highly recommend them. But yeah, find things that you love and that actually you feel good after you've done. And uh, I think what James will tell you in Atomic Habits is just start. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be long, but get in there and just start. Even if it's something like five minutes a day of whatever it is. Keep going, start and and see what fills you up. And over time, they won't feel like they're things you have to do. You'll just crave them. Kind of what you know has happened for me in my routines. Okay, that'll wrap up that first question. Next up, there's some questions on physical and mental health. And I might have already attacked some of this in the routines because most of my physical and mental health practices are wrapped up in my routines. I believe that if you want to prioritize anything, if you actually want to see progress with anything, if you want to be active working on yourself physically and mentally, it's going to be more successful if you uh, make it a routine. Why is tennis so important to you? And does there is there proximity to friends or to my childhood, et cetera, in the sport of tennis? And I would say, yes, there is proximity to friendship and to my childhood. I did not start playing tennis until I was in my probably middle school years after I moved to Columbus and all my friends here played tennis. I had grown up playing soccer and baseball. Uh, when I was a little kid. And so it's been fun for me as an adult to return back to tennis. I, I did not play tennis for probably 15 years. When I graduated from high school, I think maybe I was a little burnt out on it. I played a ton of tennis, uh, middle school and high school, went to tennis camps and you know was really committed to that sport and took a break, came back to it as an adult. And, and I love it. And I mostly play over at Ohio State with Ty Tucker and a group of guys and the team. But I have a couple of really good friends, a few friends that we play routinely on Sundays and throughout the week. And I host a small tennis tournament in the summertime. And it's really a combination of things. You know, first of all, just being physically active is something I get so much out of energetically. Yes, it's fun. Yes, it's camaraderie. Yes, it's being with friends. It's working on something, trying to get better at something. Competition to some extent is important to me. It doesn't really entirely fuel me, but I like it a little bit. It's, it's fun to 
be competitive. I'm not too competitive that it takes the fun out of it. At the end of the day, I, I really just love being out there sweating, working on something, being with friends and doing something that I'm I'm good at and getting better at and and think that I can continue to get better at. And really, you know, tennis is just kind of where I've directed my energy more and more over the last few years. Before that, I ran marathons. I still very much love to lift weights. I was doing yoga for a period of time, which I'm actually hoping to get back to this year. And you know, love just to play sports for all the reasons I said. It's just a lot of fun for me and energetically very, very healing. You know, I would go as far as to say for me, that is a way that I can really move energy in a way that feels very, very healing. Sometimes, you know, when I am struggling with something, you know, I've had some hard times throughout this year and going out on the tennis court early in the morning and being pushed to the point that you have to release some of that energy, some of that emotion has really been very helpful in just navigating all kinds of things. So yeah, that's tennis and and kind of physical activity. Any supplements or biohacking practices that you've gotten into, cold plunge, sauna, et cetera? Yes, I alluded to this in the routines earlier. I am a big, big believer in both cold plunge and in sauna. A cold plunge is something that I've really incorporated over the last year. It's a little harder right now with the cold temperatures. And it's one of those things where you get in a a rhythm and and build some momentum and you kind of strengthen that muscle. And when you're out of it, which I am at the moment, it's really emotionally hard to get back into it and physically hard. But a cold plunge, I think, is maybe the best modality that I have found without the use of any external medicine to really, really push yourself mentally and get super uncomfortable and find a way to breathe through it. You don't have time to do anything else but to focus on your breath and uh, your thoughts and try to be present and just move through that period of time as peacefully if possible uh, as you can. And so it's, it's really challenging. And then it's really, really good for inflammation. And physically, I feel better if I've gone for a run or uh, a lift or played, you know, an hours of tennis and I am feeling it my body. When I get out of the cold plunge, I feel so much better. And um, sauna, you can just look it up, the benefits of infrared sauna in particular, which is what I use. I have one here at home. We actually just uh, switched out our sauna we use the Sunlighten Impulse, and it's awesome, and I love it. And there's something really great about releasing the toxins. There's a lot of cardiovascular benefits. Don't listen to me on the medical benefits. I'm a nine quick start according to the Colby test, and I am a low fact finder, so I don't do the research. I trust other people. Uh, who make strong recommendations, my my doctors and others. And there's a lot of benefits. So check it out, Cold Plunge and uh, Sauna both. And then as far as supplements, I work with a longevity clinic in Dallas called the Gladden Longevity Clinic. You can check them out and they help me provide all of my supplements. I do 
a lot of supplementation. I take, I don't know, maybe 50 plus supplements a day, morning, evening, and nighttime. And I've started working with peptides, which I think have been very helpful for me this year. And again, you know, mixed stuff out there on supplementation. To me, I've kind of always looked at it as a bit of an insurance policy. Um, and, you know, I do think the more I've learned as you get in there, there's such a individual nature towards our chemistry, our biology, and seeing how supplements can really help offset certain things, you know, learning about food sensitivities and where, you know, you might be low in an area and you can supplement it and help balance you out. And I think generally I just try to judge that experience by how I'm feeling. If I feel good, then, you know, I think maybe it's helping. So one more question here on physical health practices. It says, any supplements or biohacking practices, which we talked about that you're curious to learn more about? What am I curious to learn more about? And it says plant medicine question mark. I would probably put the plant medicine question mark question in the mental health practice, but I believe it's actually good physically too. What am I curious about? I guess I'm curious about a silent meditation. I've learned a lot about Vipassana retreats. I, as I said earlier, have always been an advocate for transcendental meditation, but I'm curious about other meditations and also the silent retreats. I just continue to hear how impactful those can be. I've been curious about things like vision quests and, you know, kind of wilderness retreats. And, um, and, and yeah, as far as plant medicine, I have worked with uh, many plant medicines for many, many years and have had a lot of ups and downs, but mostly feel like they've been incredibly beneficial for me. I will say that I do not believe plant medicines are for everybody, and I believe they should only be done in a very facilitated way with a practiced, practiced therapist and should be highly vetted. There is unfortunately a lot of bad practitioners out there, people that might even be good people that mean very well. But it's it's sort of the wild, wild west right now. And I have a tremendous reverence for the way in those in which those medicines should be used. And it's very carefully, very, very carefully, very professionally, and not without the help of integration, both in the session and afterwards. For me, what I have found is the medicines themselves have been described to me as like a push on a skateboard. But if you don't pedal, pedal, pedal in between, you will come to a complete stop. The integration, I think, is equally, if not more important than the medicine itself. We're kind of on the subject already. Mental health practices. A few questions here. How has your meditation practice changed? Where and when do you meditate? Do you use any apps or music? Any other practices that keep you centered throughout the day? Yeah, I think I've I've covered most of this already in the morning routines. You know, I use TM. I've been using TM since I was right out of college. Katie is also uh, practiced TM. Some of my kids have gotten into TM with TM Center of Gravity. I 
shared all that with you. Super easy. 20 minutes, ideally twice a day. I don't always get to a day. I practice the morning meditation daily. And uh, you just, you know, it's a repeated mantra that's specific to you. There's, I don't know, a dozen or so mantras that are shared based on a variety of questions from your um, birth date and whatever else. And um, no, I don't use apps. I don't use music. I really just do kind of mantra-based meditation. I will say that I would count in meditation things like running, where I do listen to music. I often find myself moving thoughts. Uh, I would say that you know when I uh, get acupuncture, I'm meditating. And I've never really followed guided meditations. I've dabble with that a little bit, but mostly have just kind of stuck to what works for me. Although I think there are a lot of ways to get your toe in the water and people really like some of the apps, Headspace and others that help guide you through a meditation. The thing I would say about meditation is you have to not fall into the category of it's not for me because what that means is you just probably have a hard time sitting still and have a lot of thoughts, which is the point of meditation is so that you can learn to ground and be a little centered and a little less in your head and clear all of that. And so it's kind of like anything else. It could be hard at first. It could be difficult. You might not think you're getting anything. There are times where that's still true for me. Uh, I might fall asleep or have uh, a meditation that's just full of thoughts the entire time. And there's a saying in TM, which is you always get what you need. So if you fall asleep, you need sleep. If you had thoughts, you had thoughts. And um, just to kind of stick with it. Other practices that keep you centered throughout the day. Like I said, I do the breath work and cold plunge and sauna, and those are all very grounding. I'll take a walk with Katie, and that's also very grounding, connecting. And that's really it. That's kind of my my practice. Okay, here's some questions. Uh, How do you find time for yourself at home? That's a good one. I play guitar a little bit here and there, try to play for five, 10 minutes every day. That's great time for myself. I like to work out, which I do at home. I have a lot of these things at home. So, you know, cold plunge, sauna, workout, guitar, I kind of do all that at home. I'll find some time to read at the end of the night or watch a show, sometimes on my own or with Katie. I play tennis at home, go for runs at home. Mostly though, you know, when I'm home, I'm with my family. And so I'm usually here, you know, doing stuff with them, you know, whatever that is, watching games or shows or hanging out with the dogs or taking a walk or, you know, any number of things. A lot of the alone time comes for me either, you know, when I'm traveling or things that I do outside the house. Uh, I have been working a lot from home and that's been nice because I can kind of pop out, have lunch, you know, see the kids as they're coming and going and not, you know, be away as often. The importance you found in sabbatical time. Well, there's a lot to be said for that. I think the main takeaways I had from sabbatical was 
really, I organized my time coming out of sabbatical very differently. I talked about that earlier and there was some changes made on really building in these habits and prioritizing things, really making sure that I was taking care of myself um, realized, you know, how important it is to take time away to recharge the batteries that you've got to charge the car before you drive it, not wait till it's dead. I had a lot of takeaways over the emergence of Web3 and the potential for tech to be used for good. I still heavily believe in blockchain technology, virtual reality, NFTs, and, and crypto. I think they will find a place and uh, have a lot of utility. I'm a huge believer, and that really came clear to me during my sabbatical time. And uh, yeah, I think it's important to find ways to take sabbatical. I happen to take a three-month sabbatical, but I think you can take one that is any amount of time. Really, what Strategic Coach calls it is, is free days, and that can be any day where you're not working, you're not thinking about work. Get as many of those as you can a year, and those can even just be weekends. I think it's really great to take time off and be on vacation or sabbatical or have a free day and really detach from work. I think it's highly energizing and you have to really create space for new ideas to come in. If you're so busy, 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 working, 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 you're not going to really make as much progress. You're actually going to slow things down that you got to create the space to let new things come in. That was a huge uh, reminder for me that got kind of embodied during sabbatical. Your latest art projects, how is your guitar and other creative expressions, painting and other creative outlet coming? I am uh, still doing both playing guitar and painting and really incorporating the tiny habits part of that, which I was just doing already, but kind of making it small. I play guitar for sometimes five minutes or 10 minutes a day, but I play every day. I am getting back to taking lessons starting in January. I've got uh, an instructor that I'll meet with uh, once every couple weeks. It's not any more than that because it becomes then overwhelming and not something that I actually want to do. So I have learned with all of these outlets, I have to kind of keep myself in them and make them small so that I can just build momentum. And I think in both cases, I'm enjoying them, which is the most important thing. If you just kind of like energetically feel into it and see, is it something that you like doing? Are you happy you're doing it? Even if it's hard and you're not good at it, you still feel good while you're doing it. And for me, the answer is both uh, yes to playing guitar and painting. And I'm also very clear that I'm not good at it, which is something that I'm learning to embrace. It's easier to do things that you're good at. And the only way to get there is by being bad at them and sticking with it and moving through that process. And then in the end, that's actually what makes it very fulfilling. So yeah, I continue to find ways to express myself creatively outside of my work. And I know there's some questions about kind of creation and conscious creation. So let me pause there and I'll come back to that. I see there are some questions around the Grateful Dead and the role that uh, music has played in my life. So I think I've talked about this on and off with various guests, but I love music. I love live music. And I don't think there's 
anybody better ever than live music than the Grateful Dead and all the various iterations of that band. And I am shockingly able, I cannot believe really that I am able to still see some version of that music live with some of the original members and have it be as good as it is. And I have been amazed that I've been able to continue to go see that band and listen to that music, including sharing it with my family and my kids uh, who also love it. We've traveled to Red Rocks. We saw some shows last summer in New York, and we're going to go out to the Gorge in Washington and see the dead a few more times on this final Dead and Company tour. And I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the music. I love the fact that Bob Weir and Billy and Mickey are still out there playing. They must love it. They have to love it. They're not in it for the money. They just, Bobby in particular, just cannot get himself off stage. He just loves this music and he's going to play it as long as he can. And I love John Mayer in that band. I'm not who had particularly loved or really knew much about John Mayer's solo music, but I have grown to love him. I think he's amazing in this band. He takes it so seriously. He's learned it and he's humble and puts himself in a position to allow the respect for the original members and the, and the music to be held at a high level. And yeah, it's kind of you know funny. I think even just thinking about it as I'm saying, you know, it's like, ah, oh, it's just music. It's just a band. It's just whatever. But there's a lot more there. I would recommend uh, watching the documentary about the Grateful Dead if you're interested, the culture. I think it's the culture, the people in the room that share some vision and values and ethics and morals and love for community and being together and dancing and singing and just letting loose and having, it feels really good to be in that crowd and to listen to that music and uh, very fueling for me. And I, and I think that's true about music in general. There's not that many bands that I like to see live, but I have been seeing live music since I was a kid. It's one of the things that I think I was so fortunate to do at a very young age in high school, middle school. You know, my mom let me go to shows and I just grew up doing that. You know, I grew up exploring the world through music in, in large part with good friends and and some tough times and navigating certain things, but kind of finding our way through a lot and listening to music it was a very big part of my youth. And even I can think back to being uh, even younger and listening to my parents' record player, playing tapes and just always loving music. So music's big, big, still a very big part of my life. We go to Jazz Fest, I would say that's probably the other big place I see live music. And that's a tradition that that Katie and I have. We go with our friends, uh, her college roommate and her husband, who uh, we love and we cherish that weekend at Jazz Fest every year and see all kinds of 
great music. It's not just jazz, but if you're interested, Jazz Fest New Orleans, highly recommend it. And that's another a big, big outlet of fun and music and food and everything else. I will wrap up there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope this has been interesting to you. Thanks for listening. As always, it means a lot to me whenever I see somebody in the community that will remind me that they're listening to the podcast and they're getting something out of it. That's why I'm doing this. Hopefully you are getting something out of all of this and that's what makes it worth it for me. So that's it. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak. 